everybody, I'm Roxy. And I'm Priska. And we are the two horny girls. We're just two horny girls climbing the mountain of life. Eating Asian American stereotypes for breakfast. Lunch and dinner, bitches. Lunch and dinner. Lunch and dinner. Lunch and dinner. Lunch and dinner. Who can afford lunch and dinner in LA? You know what's Mama who? You know what's really sad? I was like on this TikTok video and I saw, I don't know if y'all like look at how economically hard it is for everybody right now, which is why we're talking about this topic. Yeah. But I saw a girl saying that she used to eat three meals a day, but now she's only allowing her to eat two meals a day. If that is not the most LA fucking sentiment of all fucking time, I don't know what is. It's like, hey, let's just starve in order let's, to save money. Oh my God. You we, know? Wow. We save a third of our daily like expenditure. <laughs> That's amazing. It is so horrible. It's how are we doing it? Like eggs are so expensive. What's breakfast? I you don't even know. I'm so curious though because we're going to be listening to our financial diaries today. Oh my god! But I also have so many questions to ask you about like shit like that. Like how do you fucking function on like a day to day basis? Literally, you know. Literally, I saw this video yeah. about how over time since 1984, how Ugh. our income, you know, <gasps> basically how much our income has risen, which is basically zero 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 like point zero 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 like. 1%. Yep. And then the housing prices just like literally shooting up in a perpendicular way. Skyrocketing. Like a fucking boner. We could never catch up. No. there's It's unfair. It's not made to last. It's not built to last. It's not built to work. No, but... I just like can I just say like I really like miss you right now. I really miss you too. I did miss you, you miss so us? Much. Did, oh my god, did you miss? <laughs> We're just touching our little twinkies <laughs> together right now. I think the last episode we did was remote. So this is the first time we've been back together. And then we did the mental health bays. Uh-huh. And then now, so it's like been a month. Where since did we've the been time go? I literally, <laughs> I literally blinked and we're here today again. Wild. Consciousness is not always linear, y'all. Wild. Well, we were seeding this Financial Diaries episode yeah. like many, many weeks back. That's true. And this was such a, Woo. honestly, this was a fucking scary ass assignment. Was it? For me. Okay. I mean, was it for you? Yes, it was. It was so fucking scary. What was it like for you? What was that first one like? Okay, well, I, I love what we do on Two Horny Goats. I think Prisca really set this precedent of like, hey, let's just talk about our financial difficulties yeah. over four weeks, right? And I'm like, oh, no, I don't know. Like, and then I sort of like avoided her and like didn't talk about it yeah. and then thinking, hoping that she'll forget. Forgetting, and then yeah. Prisca like <laughs> messages me one day. She's like, hey, just, I did like a calendar reminder. Just a little calendar like, reminder. Like, we love how a Capricorn does, you know? And then just like a friendly reminder, a friendly yeah. thing to do it, yeah. right? And I was like, okay, now it's visually on my calendar (laughs) therefore i must do it gotta do it like you have to cross it off your list because i was procrastinating too because i knew we had to do it and i was like i haven't done any i wonder if she did any I wonder, I haven't done it. True. Any. I wonder if she did any. True. And we started literally like on the same day. We did start Mid- on the same August, day. August 14th. Yes. And <laughs> I, because you put a calendar in like that. And I felt like that was so good for me. Thank you so much because it really like just. I love a good deadline. You know what I yeah. mean? And I felt like, oh, I'll just do it later. I'll just do it later. But forcing me to like really forcing myself to yeah. really do that. I felt like there was so much unspoken shit. Like, I just thought, what am I going to say? Like, I'm just going to talk about like how low my bank statements are. <laughs> Relatable. You yeah, know what I mean? Literally, like, yeah. Like, 
I just felt so scared that I was going to just spiral into this dark vortex of pessimism. Right. No, I see what you mean. Like, I think because we have so much fear associated with money, mm-hmm. thinking about talking about it, just kind of like, it kind of like was a feedback loop. You're scared of money. You're scared to talk about it. So you're scared of money. So you're scared to talk about it. It's but, just like but, feeding itself. If there was anyone that I feel safe talking about this with, it's with you. So then the <laughs> fact that like, I had to sort of confront it myself. Oh, interesting. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like to actually, what is it? Put a name to the devil. Yes. You know, yes. like to voice it out loud, Ooh. you know, which I thought like at the end, and then like you know later in the weeks i felt there were times when i talked for like 18 minutes straight right about money exactly and i just felt like there was this whole well that sort of opened up weight lifted yeah that's that's so fascinating because i i do feel like i had a similar experience where the first few episodes felt like pulling teeth and i just felt so naked and uncomfortable and i felt really insecure I don't know that I didn't learn as much about money over the past month as I wanted to. I wanted to like listen to Planet Money and like Nerd Wallet and all these things, but I didn't. But at the same time, I realized we're not a financial podcast. Yeah. We're not like a financial help podcast. We're not like s- sponsored by Chase Bank, although. <laughs> Chase Bay, please sponsor <laughs> us. us. <laughs> but also, like, Prisca, like, a month, I, I had that same feeling, too. Right? When, when I was thinking about, oh, yeah, if I just put, like, a weekly d- voice diary about my relationship with money this week, yeah. what my cynical mind was like, right. what is going to change? It's only a month. Because yeah. as we know, it's like, it's this almost week if not daily yeah. sort of situation that we have to face every day. Right. You wake up and you're like, what am I going to spend? Or what am I not going to spend? Or yes. how can I resist my urges? Or in the moment, it's right. like, as you and I do sometimes, fuck it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck it, fuck it. Exactly. Yeah, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. And it's terrifying, I think, to do it consistently because it's like, like, I think you mentioned in your diaries that Jaw said that how you spend your money has to do with, like, you controlling your urges. Yeah. And I think that's something we definitely faced because we had the urge sometimes to share, but we also had, had the urge not to share. And we had mm-hmm. to push through that throughout this month. And I think that actually helped us rip the Band-Aid off. Yeah. And I feel more just confident because I don't feel as, like, secretive, I think. You know, I think, yeah, I think so. it definitely was easier once I put a name to the devil. Yes. And also like, um, question for you. Do you check your bank account every day? No, I don't. I'm trying to get better about that. I'm trying to get better at I'm that too. Cause to- I don't do that either. I get so scared. I get so scared. Abe has like the notifications, the emails. He checks it every day. He looks at it all the time. I'm like. I can't do it. I yeah. can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I almost feel like it's like ignorance. Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> yeah. And that's like, that's why I feel like this was so uncomfy for us. Yeah. You know? Because as Capricorns, I feel like, and I don't know. And the shame of like, we, because as Capricorns, it's like, I feel like we feel the shame because we feel like we should be better at it. But we know we're not, so we just kind of put it away. Also, not only are we Capricorns, you are the oldest daughter. Ugh. I am the only child. Ugh. There goes that ugly thing the again. The crippling <laughs> ass shame, you know what I'm saying? But it's, um, I, I think recently, this year, I managed to, because it, it didn't fucking last, but I managed to reach like the highest point, yeah. like most money in my account. Oh my God. And I literally, in that moment, you know what I thought to myself? What? I'm a screenshot this and then call it record because I know tomorrow it's not going to oh be that God. anymore. Like yeah, I, yeah, like yeah. I'm so self-sabotaging. Right, 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 with right. With money. Right. And like, 
I love, obviously, like, I love manifesting. I love thinking, you know, I love the woo-woo side of it. Right. But at the same time, like, money is still, like, hardcore. It, it, it's very literal. Yeah. And so whatever's in your bank account, like, as much manifestation as you do, it's what's in your bank account. Like, you can't fake it. You, you know, know what I mean? Gen Z kids are saying... <laughs> being delulu is this a lulu yeah and yeah, i'm yeah, like yeah. that is true lulu but only but, to a certain to an extent <laughs> to an yeah, extent, to an it's extent. Like, i know a lot of friends of mine who are really delulu but yeah. i also do not want to live like that no i feel like you have to have one foot on the ground at all times and i think like i feel that maybe even being a little too woo-woo about money also creates this weird for us right creates a weird distance between us and money exactly and like a, a like a like a yeah like a delulu approach to money where you're not seeing it for what it is exactly you know and it's it's supposed to be this thing that helps us live our life it's supposed to help us yeah instead of us feeling like we're tied to it yeah but i think because you and i have so much credit card debt uh, so much credit card debt and we share our number yeah like it was like i felt sick to my little tum tum but you know what like I hope, like, we're so excited to dive into these. I hope that at the very least, well, maybe if you compare yourself to us and you feel a lot better about yourself, that's amazing. But if you're going through some of these things and you felt really embarrassed and you felt like you couldn't say anything, I hope that this at least just pulls back the curtain and it's like, not just you, sis. Like, some of us are Delulu for realies, you know? Here's me and Prisca airing out all of our dirty laundry <laughs> again on this show for y'all. But that being said, you know, I was really touched by how similar, you know, some of our propensities were. And, like, yes. how we our fears, actually, a lot of our fears are aligned. And I feel like we did this separately. Right. You know? And yep. that whole thing's like, you're not alone, right? Yeah. But... Prisca's circumstance is different from mine. Totally You know, different. We, we live different financial lives. You know, she's married. You know, mm-hmm. they are dual income. I'm single. But then also the freelance rates, you know, the consistency or inconsistency of work is yes. also different. So if y'all are all listening to yep. this episode and being like, I want to fucking chime in on this combo. Yes. Please do. Please send us a voice note. Write us an email to hello at 200goats.com. And we're going to talk about the kind of overlapping themes we have. But if you want to play along, you can write down some of the things that you hear that you feel are similar between the two of us. And, uh... Are you scared? Because I'm, I'm scared. So scared. <laughs> Everyone's going to know everything. Everything. Like, this is very naked. And I hope nobody uses it to, like, blackmail us. <laughs> but without... Please don't scam us anymore please. because we are I trying will, to get... <laughs> I, I will fall for any scam you put in front of me. Like, I'm don't put it past me. I will click for free ice cream. You know, I will click for a free iPad. Like, don't put it past me. I'm that desperate. Don't, I'm so desperate. Don't fall. At least you won't fall for the Tinder swindler. Well, <laughs> well, not today. But <laughs> Buckle up, bitches. Go tease. Without further ado, here are our financial diaries. Oh, no. It's uh, Monday, August 14th, 2023. This is my first entry into our financial diary series. All right, Goatees. This is my first little financial diaries here. It is mid-August, 2023. And 
I'm trying to dig my ass out of credit card debt. I'm gonna be real, y'all. Like, having to talk about money is fucking terrifying. And I'm sure as for many of you, if not all of you, it's a very tender spot. I have like $15,000 or so on this one credit card that I've been trying to pay off. I tried with budgeting, but at this point, I'm just no longer gonna use the card. I do wanna do a balance transfer, but every time I get close to it, I just get so emotional and scared about it. And, and also, I feel like a failure. There was this New York Times article that came out yesterday about like how Gen Z can't even afford to rent. And for our generation, we can't afford to buy. It's just heartbreaking to read about Gen Z kids. I call them kids. I know they're not, but you know, to me, you guys are like my babies. Um, a young woman who has to live in Brooklyn with all of these roommates, 70% of her income goes to her rent and she only drives once a week and only eats like beans and rice for groceries. And like one week eating out would just put her in the way red. And I try not to get too catastrophic about money, but I find it to be a topic of conversation that comes up, especially during this time when the strikes are happening. I made one movie this year, which I'm very grateful for, by the way. Like, um, I am luckier than a lot of people, you know, like in terms of being given opportunities and having the ability to do what I want to do. I'm very, very, very grateful. However, I wrote a post-it note at the start of this year. I put like 150 to 200K. I just said it. I just said the number. I shared it. I vocalized it. I put it in front of me, this sticky note on my desk. And I just thought maybe if I could just keep this number in my head that somehow I can delusionally achieve it this year. So I got an opportunity to pitch for another project, even though I'm like really, you know, in deep in post with this current project right now. My heart was just thinking about how I need to get this job so that I can make my financial goal this year so that I can achieve financial freedom, even though I, I felt like it was for the better that I didn't get it. There was a part of me that was really disappointed that I couldn't meet that financial quota this year. And being in the gig economy for so long, like I've been freelance my entire life. I wish that when I was younger, if I, I mean, I don't regret anything, but also if I could tell my younger self, just build yourself for like a few years in the beginning so you're not living paycheck to paycheck and just in survival mode the whole time, um, you'll get a, probably develop like a healthier relationship with money. My relationship with money is so erratic that no matter how much is in my bank account, all I feel is fear. And especially working as a director, you get like a huge chunk of change at one time. And when that comes in, you feel like you're on top of the world. But sometimes for months and even for years, you know, you don't get to direct a big project again. And so you have to think about how to really manage your money and how to do other jobs in the meantime to get you by. I just want to report that I got two checks from from like freelance hours that happened a couple of months ago at this point. And let me tell you, when those two checks were in my mailbox, I did like a little dance. Um, I think that's what's tough about being freelance is, I mean, it's nobody's fault, but there's just so many channels that 
you can get money and so many channels that you don't get money. Um, and I think it can be especially tough when, you know, you're really busy a couple months, but then your hours kind of drop. And then when that check is delayed, it becomes kind of a little more, a little more dire, I would say. Not dire. Dire is too dramatic. But like all of a sudden the things that you had planned to pay for, everything kind of gets delayed. And then, you know, I'm a pretty patient person, but um, my interest rates on my credit card, they aren't. So I feel like any influx of cash is like so helpful. Oof. I think it's hard when you're just like in a holding pattern. Um and you're just constantly stressed out over money. And I realized that my mind immediately goes to, how can I escape this situation? And I often find myself running down a rabbit hole on Google or, you know, whatever, my credit card portals, planning a trip, planning trips, just planning trips. I love planning trips. And even when you're deep in the hole and you're like fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars in debt, you know, I I feel like I get kind of bamboozled or drawn in when I get, you know, marketing emails, which I should probably mute. That should probably be a thing. I, I do wish I was a little more systematic with my life like that. But I feel like you get drawn in with the promise of credit card points kind of getting you there. But you can book your flight and you can book, you know, your hotel and maybe all of that, maybe all told, like you're really not spending any cash money because you're using all of your points. But the second you're on vacation, you're spending hundreds of dollars a day. I mean, let's like let's like think about a regular vacation day for me. Um, So if I'm out in like a new city, I've already got like seven restaurants I want to try. And so that's basically if it's Abe and I and we're we're spending like 150 bucks per pop. This is already becoming extremely untenable. <laughs> that's already like $1200, you know. Not including stopping at a bar, not including, you know, activities, not including this and this and that. So, you know, we're walking out of there with now like another $3,000 ish in the hole. Like it just racks up so quickly, but I get bamboozled by this idea of like, well, I've got two nights free. I've got three nights free at this really cool Sheraton and the flight, the flight, we're not even paying for the flight. But all of a sudden, like I, I haven't learned from my mistakes nearly fast enough. And so that's something I'm really trying to work on. I think another source of stress is I have some big trips coming up in the fall. I'm going to my cousin's wedding in New York with one of my best friends, Leah, who's going to be my date. But of course, if you are going to spend money to go to New York, you might as well just go full out for a few days and like go to a show, just enjoy and go out and eat. But then of course, like our trip and not including flights is going to be like 2K or something that really starts to add up. Another thing is my family and I are doing a homecoming tour to my birth country, the Netherlands. And it's been over 30 years since me, my mom, and my dad have been there together. So um, we wanted to do this thing where we revisit some of the core places of my childhood. 
it's going to be really wonderful. I mean, we're meeting in Paris and then we're going to make our way down to Rotterdam and, you know, visit some places that we used to love, like Den Haag and Kinderdijk. And, you know, I just really want to take the opportunity to show them that I can provide. <laughs> but can I? I don't know. So those are some things because we want to be able to enjoy ourselves and treat ourselves. I don't know. I feel like I shouldn't beat myself up over this because I feel like that is a very natural response. But I'm just trying to not focus too much on that because it could be a very anxiety-inducing vortex if I allow myself to spin in that. I think the worst thing about being who I am, and I guess the shortcut to saying it is like being a, a Capricorn is liking the finer things in life. Like there's nothing I love more than walking into a beautiful space, a beautiful, expansive, maybe modernist space where the, you know, there's good vibes, there's good music, it smells good, the views are beautiful, and you're sitting down and you're getting served by a wonderful team, and like you're drinking drinks you've never drunk before, you're eating foods that are stimulating all your senses, and all of a sudden, like, you're just like another thousand dollars deep. And I get into such when I go on vacation or even if I fucking go out with my friends and we're out to dinner and Roxy can tell you this, I have a very like, like when I'm home and I'm being good, um, you know, I've, I've curtailed like my online spending. I've curtailed a lot of my like DoorDash spending. Like I've run, I've reined a lot of that in. But when I'm out and about, like I am never going to be the one to kill the party. I am going to be the one that's like, fuck it. Let's add uni. Fuck it. Let's add caviar. Fuck it. Let's get another bottle of soju. Fuck it. Why not go for the top shelf scotch? Like that is me. And it's, it's definitely something I'm trying to curtail. But the worst thing about it is Abe is like that too. Um, so between the two of us, it's no wonder we're in this financial quandary. So yeah, that's where I'm at today. It's very exhausting. It's very frustrating. But here we are. So a lot of you know, if not all of you know, that I run tarot practice on the side. And, you know, it was really good a few years ago, but I felt like it was really taking over my life. So I started to parse it down significantly and uh, have transitioned into um, teaching part time at Art Center um, as a professor. And I teach one class a term. And I'm very, very, very grateful for that because, you know, teaching has been so fulfilling and it's been nice to have like a little bit of pocket change to get me by in the meantime. But I always just think in my head that there's never enough, you know, no matter how much I make, that money will just disappear immediately just because I've accrued, I'm paying off my car, you know, my rent is really high, thousands and thousands of dollars just go down the drain every month. And, and I'm lucky to be surrounded by friends that are very understanding, just I think because so much of us are freelancers. So I'm lucky to have friends that be like, oh, yeah, like I'll get it this time because I'm thriving. And then I'll be able to support them or treat them like when I'm in my queen of the jungle of money era. I feel like sometimes people in my industry, I'm always just like, how are people getting by? Like, can we just talk about this? Like, my directors, man, what are your side jobs? I would say my worst year with the credit card was 2022. Um, it's when Abe and I really went into the red because we were 
just on a single income, not sure when his next job was going to start up, kind of waiting around for it, to be honest. And I think we were also kind of YOLOing because it was like post pandemic and we were like, fuck it. Like we could have died. (laughs) What's the problem with going into a bit of debt? But I think the thing with going into debt is that it really has a chokehold over you. Um, and with the interest and with all the, you know, with everything, it's just been super stressful. And currently I'm working multiple jobs. I'm a freelance marketer, so I, I currently have about three clients and I'm, I'm working my little booty off trying to, trying to make hours work and whatnot. But some months there just aren't hours for me, you know, and some months, uh, when it's more ample, I get a little bit more funds, but it goes straight to credit card debt. So it feels like I'm just constantly, I'm in a sinking ship and I have a little bowl and I keep bowling out little amounts of water, but so much water keeps coming in. So I'm feeling overwhelmed, feeling really vulnerable about even sharing that my number, I don't have any idea what I'm doing. (laughs) I have no idea what I'm doing. So I am going to continue to, you know, be whatever, faithful and try to pay down the card every month and not use it. But I also want to take this time to build my financial acuity because it gets so emotional for me. I think that's the biggest thing. It's so emotional. It's so tied to shame and guilt and some sort of morality. And I think on top of it, like my mom works in, has worked in banking my whole life and currently is an auditor at a credit union, you know, and um, it just makes me feel that I should know better. But I also have the awareness that in America, we're not necessarily teaching this readily. Um, So I'm scared, but I'm going to do my best to just educate myself, whatever that fucking means. So, Ah! You know, I think it's important to stop and really give moments of gratitude. And like, I'm trying not to worry because I know I have enough right now and just trust that there's something that's like coming my way, hopefully by the end of the year. But if not, you know, that I'm going to be okay. Um, all right, well, I'm going to go do some yoga. I'm going to smoke and do some yoga. All right. Good night. So it's the following week, August 21st. We just experienced a really cute Hurricane Hillary and Earthquake in Ojai collab um, yesterday. And I got to say, you guys, the panic that this hurricane set onto me. Back in March, we had this huge storm. I don't know if y'all remember, but it was like record-breaking rainfall. The wind was crazy. And I live in a very old building. This building is, um, I think, over 100 years old. And it's a historical landmark. Because it's so old, it has tons of things that need to be maintained often. So the last time that that crazy storm hit, my apartment basically became Atlantis. And and it got so bad that the water leaked into my power outlet. And then in the middle of the night, um, there was a huge 
it sounded like a gunshot, like a big pop that went off in the middle of the night. And then smoke started um, permeating through my apartment and me and Yaya just freaked out um, because it just felt so dangerous. And ever since then, I've been living with this paranoia ever since there is a warning for a huge storm. And then when they said that Hurricane Hillary is going to be the biggest storm in L.A., um, in the past 80 years or whatever, you better bet that I reinforced the fuck out of my apartment. I went and bought a shit ton of towels because better safe than sorry. And I was so ready to stay up at night and um, just do damage control in case rain started coming through the roof or my ceiling. And um, so... I don't know about all y'alls, but I took this very seriously. And the day before the hurricane came, um, I went to the grocery store and everybody was panic buying. There was so many things already emptied out. A lot of the, you know, it was so funny that garlic was all gone and some basil and like cute little seasonings were all gone. Like a lot of the fancy shit was gone. And maybe that's because I went to Whole Foods. But um, it was funny because... There was, like, this really calm demeanor. It wasn't like everybody was fighting each other or yelling at each other. But it felt very 2020. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody was just very collected, almost around autopilot, just getting what we need. We've all done this before. It just felt like this was routine. And, yeah, I was texting Preska through this, and she was like, it feels oddly comforting, you know, uh, that we're, like, trauma-bonded to this event we're just like, well, that's just what it is. Where, in fact, a few years ago, when I see, you know, a grocery store with empty shelves, I would have really freaked out. And then hunkered down. And yesterday, I did, like, pray, <laughs> like, the night before to not have my um, apartment drowned in water. And I think it worked. And we were very lucky. You know, the hur- the hurricane was mild. It's no longer even a hurricane. It's more like a storm. But it wasn't very windy. And uh, there was an earthquake. And because I live so high up, it felt more like um, I was seasick. So it happened for a little bit. Things swayed back and forth. But Yaya didn't even wake up for her nap. So that being said, I'm very grateful. Um, the sun is already shining today. And I managed to spend no money yesterday because I didn't leave my apartment at all. I was trying to buy some ready-made rice, you know, those microwavable rice packets. And I think I was trying to buy, like, cotton rounds for my face on Amazon. And a pack of 12 microwavable rice with, like, cotton rounds was, like, $28. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I remembered, like, 20 bucks when I was in elementary school was so much money. I remember, like, how far a $20 bill could take me. I remember boba being, like, a dollar fifty, and it was buy one, get one free. Those were the days. Uh, to think that inflation has gotten to this point, like that it's exceeded so much beyond the usual inflation rate and how this morning I was listening to the daily about like how market prices are just so beyond what our generation can afford. You know, some experts are saying, yes, it may feel expensive now in comparison to the past, but what we're able to pay now like, we're going to look back in the future and see that this was so affordable. I mean, I know it's fucked up, but it's sort of the reality of our world, right? I don't know if this is good or if it's bad. I honestly don't know. Can't tell. 
I probably got to be better about everything. Like, I feel like I've been trying to use cash and Venmo more, especially if I'm going out with friends. Um, but I'm sure when I'm doing my taxes later this year, it's going to be such a bitch because I'm like the worst at keeping receipts, um, especially for things that you didn't buy with your car that you can't just hit like send a receipt to my phone. So that'll be interesting. But I do feel like Venmo and PayPal are helping me <laughs> not use my credit card. And I feel like that's a big win. Uh, I'm grateful for all my friends who are more on top of their credit card payments and hopefully they're getting the points that they're getting. But, oh my goodness, I, I for years was like, I'll get the, the whole bill and I'll just get cash from people, you know? And I do think, because I couldn't stay on top of it, it just became this like stupid cascading problem. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, I'm on the other side of that hump, humpity hump, and I hope I can get rain in my credit card debt to a point where I can, you know, pay for and cover meals and treat friends again or, or you know, cl collect uh, Venmo payments and PayPal payments. But man, it's like, it's so easy for it to get out of control. And I think my toxic trait is like, if I cover the whole bill, like I understand, like, okay, we're, 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 we're splitting payments. My toxic trait is when and it sounds nice, but obviously it snowballed into a really bad situation, is that if you ask me how much you owe me, I will let it sit for a day or two. And sometimes I'll never ask for it. And then if I do tell you an amount, like if you pester me about it, I will probably leave out tax and tip and just kind of give you a general like rounded down version of whatever it is that's owed. And I do this because I don't want a nickel and dime, but I realize uh, it's like, I don't make enough money to, <laughs> to treat everyone that I want to in my life. And like, I'll never make that much money if I'm not responsible with my money. I don't know if that's true, but like, you know what I'm saying? So Anyway, those are things that I'm working on. I feel like those are uncomfy little thingy things that like, even if they're uncomfortable, like I think everyone's in the same boat where we're all just trying to figure shit out. So yeah, I'm committing to just being a more accurate accountant. And again, it's weird because my mom's an auditor and she, if we go on a vacation and, you know, we're splitting a meal, like not every meal, but most of the meals, she, like we're getting a spreadsheet and she's like to the penny. She'll let you know to the 10th of the penny how much you owe. I just think I never wanted to be like that. But at the same time, I'm not doing myself any favors by overcorrecting, I guess. Yeah, so that's my reflection today. I used to be somebody who would prioritize work over everything. Like I would prioritize um you know hey i want to go on a trip with friends but if something comes up like i'm gonna take the job or if me and my partner want to do something where it comes first and i know in theory that makes a lot of sense because you don't want to be dumb about your money you know but because of that i always felt like a slave to what i made um and i'm slowly relinquishing how much money I have determines how much I'm worth because I know that's not true. You know, we're getting older and time is moving by a lot faster. 
And these moments that you have with the people you love may not last very long. As you go through life, you start to lose people unexpectedly, people that are younger than you. And I tend to think about my mortality a lot because there are people who are much younger than me who have passed from unprecedented incidents. And I doubt the last thing they're worrying about is how much money they have in their bank account, you know? I've just been getting a lot of input, information, and talking to people about money a little bit more openly now, not just with Prisca, but like people in my life that I trust and feel safe with. And everyone has a different perspective on it. Like Ja, he said to me that money, saving money is all about controlling your urges. And that really made me think about my urges. I implore you, Goatees, to think about what your urges are, what your Achilles heel are in terms of money. And I would like to challenge y'all to maybe think about how much that Achilles heel has over you. For me, it's definitely food. My goal for this week is to really examine what I need and what I don't need because I just love taking care of myself. Like, I love being well to myself. But just sort of sitting with that and truly asking myself if, do you need to eat sugar fish today? Like, I know I have my fall term starting for teaching in two weeks or so, but I'm almost wondering if I should take on another job that's not industry related. We shall see. We shall see. Yeah, I don't know what the solutions are. I'm going to take Yaya for a walk and I'm going to work on crocheting a new top today. Happy Monday, everybody. I don't know about all y'alls, but um, I always get a surge of crazy energy on Mondays. It is Monday, August 28th, a week after my last finance diaries entry and uh last week i spent a whole ton of money like i spent over three thousand dollars uh not on like expenses or food or anything but i basically booked all of my travel stuff i think it's more than three thousand dollars at this point um for the fall so basically i'm going to new york for around five days with my friend leah And we're going for my cousin's wedding because she's going to be my date. But holy crap, y'all, like these prices, man, like how is it more expensive in September than it is August? Like I thought September and the fall was low season, but actually the prices surge in September and plane tickets are more expensive. Hotels are more expensive. And I heard somewhere that people said it's because it's wedding season. So people take advantage of that. But anyways, all my planning just went out the window because I thought I'd be saving money. It's false. Anyways, it's all good. I'm very happy to be going to New York. I need to let go of this idea that I need to just hoard my money because money is meant to be spent. It's just really hard in this current climate. And maybe it's because I haven't lived in a hotel in a while. Every single hotel that we've looked into charges like a $40 a day resort fee. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, apparently that's just an added bump if you want to use, like, the gym 
or the communal areas or any of the facilities. Like, that's like a $40 resort fee. Do you know what I could buy for $40? Like, that's a whole ass nice meal. You know what I mean? But what we put together was basically how much I pay for rent in a month here in LA, which is not cheap at all. So it's basically paying double rent. I understand that um, I'm complaining about things. Of course, you need to have money in order to spend money on travel. Travel is a luxury. Travel is a privilege. And I just felt like for the longest time, I haven't had to pay for myself to travel necessarily. I usually travel for work. And usually when I travel, it's like I book like an Airbnb in Joshua Tree and I drive out and spend two days there max and um, then I think about how much that $500 is going to put me out, you know, because I have a very unstable career, right? Everything is sort of gig based. And in this time in between, like, I feel like I'm just spiraling in my head when I, you just deduct thousands of dollars out of your bank account, not knowing when the next paycheck is going to come back to sort of supplement that. So my husband came home and as predicted, you know, we tried to be good about it, but definitely went out and ate more, um, especially the first few days he was home. And then I like we realized that our fridge was broken, <laughs> like essentially it had like the fan in the fridge had gotten frozen and that freezing also affected the um kind of the uh, thermometer that was inside and so it was basically blowing warm air and because there was no fan it was moldy air um, so we had to you know kind of jump into action and throw away like literally everything in our fridge and defrost it and it also meant that we couldn't store anything in there which led us to then eating out a lot so luckily the fridge fan wasn't broken and it wasn't an additional expense, but the additional expense was definitely having to eat out or even do takeout like more often. And I think, I guess I hadn't really maybe ordered fast food myself in a while. We didn't only eat fast food, but whatever. You guys aren't judging me. It's fine. <laughs> why do I, why did I feel judged? Why did I feel, wow, that's something I got to work on. Insecurity. Um, but I think that I didn't realize how expensive freaking fast food is nowadays. Like it was, I think like Abe got some sort of breakfast combo and it was like $12 at McDonald's. I was literally in shock. And I think he got a full meal at, at, uh, Carl's Jr. And it was also $13, which I don't, I, I was just, I had complete sticker shock from the cost of fast food. Um, God damn, how are we, how are any of us even living? But as of, as of this morning, our fridge is, is totally in working order to our knowledge. Um, and so we can finally do a little more meal planning and go back to kind of our regularly scheduled programming in terms of food. And then, you know, we were driving our Toyota Camry hybrid and the hybrid battery light came on. We took it into the shop um, to, to see if we could get it fixed. And it was literally, they quoted us $4,000. And look, things happen. And this is why we have the savings account. And, you know, we're fortunate that right now we're both, we're, we're both employed, you know. So, but it definitely puts a damper on, I guess, <laughs> paying down our credit card debt. Um, 
so yeah it's been a stressful couple of days it's not bad nothing nothing is catastrophic it's just i feel like right when i feel like this is the thing with finances like right when you feel like you're getting on top of it life is gonna come and like flip the tables a little bit on you (laughs) and you're like fucking why (laughs) but i think it's it's good i think it's a good reminder of like why you need to set aside money for a rainy day fund and it definitely shows that like budgeting is important but you you've got to be flexible and open to what happens when me and my best friends like even when me and prisca and some of our girlfriends try to get together to plan a trip everyone comes from such different places and I I feel like we're all excited about the idea of a trip or a vacation together, but it always comes down to, like, what are you comfortable with? And money's such a hard thing to talk about, you know? Like, I can't afford that right now. And then sometimes you have to keep pushing the trip because no one's ever in a really good place (laughs) because a lot of us are artists. But then if you think about it, it's like there's never a good time. I had to buy my plane tickets to Europe so I could spend time with my family doing our homecoming tour in late September, I looked at tickets and I'm like, holy fucking shit. Like, the cheapest that I could find for a round-trip ticket to and back from Paris at that time was $1,600. And maybe this has to do with the fact that it's wedding season all around globally or whatever, but I would used to be able to find tickets round-trip for, like, 800 Having it be Mercury Retrograde, because we love her, I bit the bullet and I bought the tickets because I didn't want to lose out on that price. And then it turns out that I booked a day early (laughs) on accident. Um, I got my dad really mad because, you know, I'm taking myself out there, but uh, my parents are, me and my amazing parents are taking care of the rest of the trip. You know, my dad freaked out and he says, I don't want to have to spend money that we don't have to spend. And I go, I'm accountable for it. It's my fault. And I said I'm happy to basically book myself something because they wouldn't be available until when they come in, you know. But them being my parents, they they can't help it, you know. I think they feel inherently responsible because this is a family trip. My mom and dad are, like, trying to find me a space for that night to live. And I know that I can't fight them on it because they're going to find a million reasons why it wouldn't work if I pick someplace cheap and that it's unsafe and blah, blah, blah. And it is, you know, a wonderful way to be loved like that. So I am grateful, but, you know, usually I don't make mistakes like this, but it happens. So just having more grace with that. And so I was feeling very sad, not sad. I'm, I'm like, all of these are great things to look forward to. But in the moment, I'm like, wow, I'm broke. And then miraculously, I got an email from my agency being like, oh, hey, Roxy, by the way, production owes you like, I don't know, $1,300 from your per diem that they forgot to pay you. And then I'm like, this is amazing. (laughs) It's like literally, I don't know, the universe really looks out for me. When I guess my my goddesses just come in and be like, oh, Roxy's so sad and so broken right now. Like, let's give her some reassuring sign that it's going to be okay. I just got an offer for, uh, well, potentially an offer to write three songs in Mandarin in kind of like a pop fashion. Um, and I think I'd walk out with about $3,000, which... 
I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, oh my God, I'm so thankful like to be able to write music and then to be able to make money off of it. But at the same time, it's like a lot of effort, a lot of creative energy for a good amount of money, but also for a very finite amount of money, you know? So it's one of those things where I'm definitely going to challenge myself and push myself to do it if I do get the opportunity or if it closes, but everything's just so exhausting. <laughs> so money is so crazy because it just sits on top of you. And I think there's times where I am just like, fuck it, let's just go somewhere. And there are definitely times where I'm like, we need to be a little more responsible, boo-boo. So working through figuring that out and uh, everything's one step at a time, right? I mean, and just taking it as it comes, you know, I think sometimes all it takes is a perspective shift, continuing to stay here and to know that I'm okay in the now. You know, spending for pleasure. I mean, I, I buy myself good food, you know, and I buy myself massages and facials, but like, I'm talking about like a huge chunk, like spending for intentional pleasure for something massive. And I never really had to do that for the most part. And I think having to provide myself in this way for these two big trips coming up, it really made me feel unstable. But then on the other side of it is once I was done with that, I'm like, okay, I spent it. Like, I don't have to worry about anything massive upcoming that I have to spend. Knock on wood. You never know. So this week, I want to take it a little bit more easy. You know, Priska and I are having our tinfish date night tonight. I'm very excited to show her the world of tinfish. So I brought a few tins to share with her. And, you know, I feel like a big part of this, like, tinfish trend is the idea of, like, preserved food or high-shelf life food not going bad and being able to eat it whenever you need instead of buying fresh food all the time. There's, like, a stigma to it, but also it's accessible. Like, I've never had sardines in my life. Like, I've always just ate tuna. With tin fish, I started getting into sardines, and I'm like, wow, this is, like, super, super good. And it's so accessible, and it's so delicious. So I think being a little bit more economically restrained has allowed me to look into other pockets of experiences that I would have just glazed over in my past. And now finding joy in maximizing on those resources. So I think making these little changes into my life will go a long way in the long run. I'm not sure if this is just me or if this is happening all throughout, but the possibility of changing our interests and our ventures and what we do in our time in order to not have money be such a stressful part of it that we can cultivate our relationships and spend time with one another without needing to rely on that. Yeah, I think that's where we are this week. Like, you know, just finding ways to not have to spend money. And I think it goes a really long way. I used to feel like, oh, if I don't have money, I can't go out with friends. And maybe that's true now just because I want to be more frugal. But it doesn't mean that my relationships need to dampen, right? I think I am at that point where I feel a little bit out of control where I am more and more afraid to open up my bank apps. And I, I notice this is something that I do when maybe like life is getting a little bit more complicated or tougher than I want to deal with. And so I feel like 
I just tend to, it's almost like you're seeing a little fire and I just throw money on it to not have to look at it and not have to worry. But it's definitely a pattern that lends itself to this constant like tumbler cycle of being in debt. So I'm going to try to not be too overly emotional about it and definitely try to just continue doing the best that I can, budgeting the best that I can, and learning about money as much as I can and noticing these patterns within myself because I know that a lot of this is emotional and psychological. So yeah. Bye. y'all happy labor day monday today i've been reflecting a lot about this whole topic and this being week four of recording this voice memo for my finance diaries and i think really at the end of the day it's about worth and i could be in this place of wanting more and feeling like i don't have enough but you know every time i went out with a friend this week and we touch on the topic of struggling in this economy and sort of this silent depression, like recession period, I think it all really comes back to gratitude for what you have. Also, to come to this place where if I am offered something that is well beneath my worth, even if I'm desperate, I don't want to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know it's a point of privilege to really say that. I am just coming from a place where I put $2,000 towards my credit card payment and another $1,000 towards another credit card payment. And I'm doing better about curtailing some spending. I have rent ready to go. I've got my life coach payment ready to go. It's summer, so I've got solar. So weirdly, my like electricity bill is low in the summer. I'm feeling for the first time just a little bit less precarious than usual. I think that my credit card debt is right now at about 14,000. This is not the time to slip. I know this is my pattern. Um, I get into like a better place and then I blow a ton of money. We're just gonna take it day by day and see what happens. Wish me luck. Ah! But as of today, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling solid, solid as a rock. Like, you know what I'm saying? I think we tend to create this mindset that we're constantly in danger. And yesterday I was taking out the trash and cleaning my apartment and I found a beautiful stack of books in the trash room. I think someone in my building's moving. And I see the collection of books that is sitting next to the recycling bin. And I just felt that whoever this person was, a lot of what she was reading, and I know that it's a she because um, I looked into one of the book covers and it said to Haley. So Haley, if you're out there, thank you for your reading material. And a lot of um, her books were about, you know, lives of artists, photography pieces, and books about sort of mental health, inner growth, personal growth, and emotions. One of them is this book called Simple Abundance. 
and it's called the day book of comfort and joy and i want to share a passage from um this book that is written by sarah ben brethnock but she's definitely really prolific in talking about personal power personal growth and this book that i'm holding in my hand it was written in i think 1995 96 oh 1995 so this book that she wrote are essays that she's written every single day of the year. So there's 366 essays in here. And I want to share this one passage with you because I was reading it yesterday and it just made me really think about, you know, at the end of this, this is my last diary as of now because I don't really think that there really is, oh, you know, I start out with a struggle and at the end of my finance diaries, there's this happy ending. I don't think... Life's really quite like that. It's not a movie or a book. Um, I'm still struggling with my finances. I'm still struggling with the same issues that I was dealing with four weeks ago. And I want to neutralize and normalize that. Anyways, this essay is titled, There Is No Scarcity. And there's a quote here from Ladies Home Journal from October 1932. When money is plenty, this is a man's world. When money is scarce... It is a woman's world. When all else seems to have failed, the woman's instinct comes in. She gets the job. That is a reason why, in spite of all that happens, we continue to have a world. When you are worried about your health or the health of a loved one, your concentration focuses like a laser. Suddenly, there's a clarity about all of life because you realize what is important. Living is important. Every day is a gift. You ask for another chance to get it right. Most of the time you're given it and you're very grateful. But worries about money mock you. They steal the joy of living because they follow you around all day like a dark, menacing shadow. At night they hover at the foot of your bed waiting to rob you of sleep. When you're worried about money, you dread the days and you agonize at night. Without thinking, you throw away every precious 24 hours that come your way. You cease to live and merely exist. If you are worried about money today, take heart. You have the power to change your lifestyle and move from a feeling of lack and deprivation to a feeling of abundance and fulfillment. Money ebbs and flows in our lives. What should remain constant is our realization that abundance is our spiritual birthright. American gospel singer Mahalia Jackson once said that it is easy to be independent when you've got money, but to be independent when you haven't got a thing, that is the Lord's test. This is what I have learned and share with the secret in you. The simpler we make our lives, the more abundant they become. There is no scarcity except in our souls. So when I read that, I was like, damn, mic drop, Sarah, like. I felt like she was speaking directly to me when I was reading that passage. At the end of the day, I'm so fucking lucky to have what I have. And I'm so fucking grateful. And I'm using the F-bomb because that is exactly how I feel. When I stop to look around me, I'm in awe of everything I have. I did a meditation a few days ago where I closed my eyes and I envisioned where I was when I was 21 me being in a tiny apartment with four other girls, two that's living in the living room. I remember how I couldn't afford any furniture and my room basically was a pile of clothes 
because there was nothing to put anything. Or maybe I was just really messy and disorganized. I remember the smell of my clothes, how unwashed and nasty they were, how just dark and horrible <laughs> my environment was and how little I did to care for it. And I sat there meditating, just visualizing this, just remembering it, just smelling it. And then when I opened up my eyes again and I saw where I was in my beautiful home in L.A., my big windows, my view of the world, my clean floors, the ayahs happy and healthy. There's a lot of sunlight. I have food in my fridge. I have beautiful, wonderful friends. I have amazing podcast community. I have a very good career. All in all, I am very blessed and cared for. Life is an adventure and we shouldn't live in fear of it. And I think that I need to reframe the way that I look at money. Anytime it gets really bad, life's not over, you know? It always turns around. So I remained very positive and I remained very, you know, I felt very seen with this essay that I read and I felt compelled to share it with all y'all. And if any of you, you know, struggle with this horrible, dark, menacing shadow that Sarah describes as money, let us know. I think that we should definitely open up this conversation more so that people don't feel as afraid to talk about it. I guess we are at the end of our financial diary series. <laughs> I hope this has been helpful. I don't know that I educated myself enough. I feel a little bit insecure about that, to be honest. But I've been doing my best and gotten my credit card debt to the lowest it's been in months. And um, all these expenses have come up, especially since my husband came home. Um, we're going to go up to Seattle and there's a lot of things we've had to just bite the bullet for. But at the same time, have been fortunate enough to get certain gigs to kind of make up for that. So it is always such a struggle. And I feel like as artists, as people wanting to just live in a world that's not run by money and have a good time. It's hard. It's hard. We're figuring stuff out, you know. Um, all in all, I think what it is is that I do feel more confident. I think going through this process of being really vulnerable about it made it a little bit less scary and icky and something that I could, like, put in my Monica closet and, like, shove in there. So I think even though it's baby steps and I feel like the growth is very minuscule. I feel like putting it out there has helped me, I don't know, stop hating myself so much and stop like berating myself so much and um, just kind of giving me a little bit of room to be like, hey, look, this happens. It's frustrating, but it's okay. Like we're all trying to figure it out. We're all there in this room together just trying to figure stuff out. And I just wanted to be honest about the struggle. Like, I don't know what it looks like on social media. I don't know what it looks like from the outside, but like on the inside, so many of us are struggling, you know, and some of, so many of us are having a hard time really managing our finances and we just end up feeling so bad about ourselves. Um, and I think it's, it, it has felt empowering for me to just kind of unload, I guess, what feels like a very dirty little secret. Um, 
and just feel good even that I've gotten my credit card debt to instead of like fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars closer to the twelve thousand dollar range. Like that is a huge win for me. Like when I saw that number in my in my, you know, Chase app or whatever, it, it was a huge relief for me. So still paying it down, still going towards it, but I feel that um, sharing it is kind of the first step in actually finding a solution instead of just sitting here like shaking in the corner, kind of like putting my head in the sand and not doing anything about it. So I'm sorry if it feels, sorry. I don't know why I'm apologizing, but I'm sorry if it feels like there's not that much interesting growth, but at the same time, I do feel like emotionally, anxiety-wise, um, there's been a lot of relief in sharing with you about like the real numbers and the real uh, stresses and like the moments where you just want to cry, you know? So thanks for following along. And the last thing I'll share is, I think we're all familiar with the term financial security, right? That's what we're all aiming for is to feel secure in our finances. But I also read about this term called financial serenity. And it's just being at peace knowing that and acknowledging that your money is there to help you live your life. And the more that we can unfurl our attachment to this need of money as a way of controlling us rather than a way of helping us, then I feel that we may be forever stuck in that paradigm. It's been a very good and interesting year looking at the peaceful moments of my life and the simple moments of my life and expanding and appreciating them then focusing on the anxieties of what's to come and with that i love you goatees wanted to end on a really good note for my financial diary yeah, so i'm like yeah. here's an inspirational yeah. passage <laughs> and you know just continue to stay horny yeah. and then you were like okay this is my very personal journey and i'm not sure if i learned a lot from this but i know that it's ongoing i didn't do uh, i don't you know, know that was it know. and that was a, the, my money and it's okay to not know it's okay to you know, know. <laughs> so i like i love that because i i just feel my god like first of all prisca I always love hearing you talk. Uh, like, I, like, laugh so much because you're so fucking cute. And, like, oh I love how we just, like, laugh at disastrous, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. We just catas- I feel like you really get to hear us catastrophize yeah, in yeah, real yeah. time. Yeah, we're yeah, just yeah. like, oh, my God, well, we're going to fall off a cliff, but oh, well, it doesn't matter. I don't know. <laughs> and you know, just, like, <laughs> like, letting a, a goatee, <laughs> Yeah, but it was, it was so incredible. Like, I was looking forward to hearing your... Of financial diaries yes like these past couple weeks because while i was doing i was like oh my god i wonder what like prisca's talking about oh my god i was so curious what you were going through i feel like i feel like i don't know it was like one of those things where like the couples get separated for a little bit you know and i was like i wonder what roxy's doing like what is she up to what is she thinking but you know what was interesting is like you acknowledge this in the first part of this episode but i just thought the entire time like i haven't made any progress like all I, I feel that all I had to I think my whole journey was about shifting my mindset. And isn't that the start to so many things? Like Is it? Is it? 
Is it? I think is so. it? I, I like to believe that it is. <laughs> I hope I hope it is. Like I feel a lot more comfortable talking about it, I guess is what I would say. For sure. I feel like that's what I gained through it. And 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 I feel like through listening to yours, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, that's exactly how my brain works. Oh my God. I thought I was the only one who was scared of it like that. Yeah. Oh my God. I thought I was the one only one who made bad decisions and beat myself up about it over and over. And speaking about beating ourselves up. That was one of the themes. Mm-hmm. So we did this goatees. We did this completely separately. We didn't talk about it. We didn't have an outline. Weird. Yeah. Um, we didn't even, when we met up in person, we didn't talk yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was completely just Separate. isolated, like, experiments. So all the all the similar themes that kind of got knitted together and kind of, like, showed yeah. themselves were completely natural. Yes. And one of the first ones that really stood out to me was we both beat ourselves up over money. Where does that come from? Talk to me. <laughs> you want to take it to this now, bitch? <laughs> I fucking hate you. Oh, man. Fight me. I think it's really strange because I, you know, we're always talking about like, how can we be our own? I know that you're my best friend, but it's like, how can we be our own best friends Mm -hmm. in situations like this? Like if you were to clone Prisca right now and she's sitting across from you instead Mm -hmm. of me and she's like, hey, it's like really hard for me to share this, but I feel like I am pouring a bucket of water out when the tsunami is coming in. Like, what would you say to her? (sighs) I probably have a lot more compassion mm-hmm. than I do when I talk to myself. I think that's where what you're getting at. Mm-hmm. And also, I think the nature of our society is that we always want to be more honest about how we're feeling instead of like, everything is fine. I'm, yes. Career is going great. Yeah. You know, like all this freaking shit yeah. and like slowing down and all this stuff. And I think that a lot of this is fighting against our upbringing in terms of what we're taught. Our parents are boomers yeah and i think i still have i'm a lot better about this now because i did a lot of growing right but you know my mom's concept about the world is just like oh you guys are all lazy mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. for me i'm like laziness is a puritanical myth right <laughs> like i'm like everyone has a different process and different speeds of processing Facts. and right and i i said you're only lazy if you completely have no you know yeah. just no intention towards your life and no one has intaked so much information as like the generations now, you know exactly. what I mean? In terms of like technology, no one's expected to be as available for their jobs as we are now. Like really, it used to be, yeah, you work really hard nine to five, you know, generally, unless you have kind of a more like kind of labor intensive job, Yeah, but it's like nine to five, go home. No way they can reach you. No way they can email you. No way they can contact you. You're what off a the life. Clock. What a life. Like people have to page you, but not everyone gets a pager. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like I, I, I'm with you on that. I, I do know that millennials get the reputation for being lazy. Although I do think it's because it's an entirely different kind of like, you know, landscape. When you were younger yeah. and you thought about, oh, when I'm 35, I think this is a big part of it too, mm-hmm. is that when I was younger, I imagined a very different version of myself. Yep. Yeah. And I always had that language, especially when I was in my early 20s. Oh, by the time I'm 35, I'll figure it out. Right. Surprise. Spoiler alert. Nobody figures it out. I mean, things have changed so much. Things that we were told and promised and kind of groomed for. The Mm, world that we were groomed for, for, it doesn't exist. It's not here. Yes, exactly. You know, we're not wearing shoulder pads. We're not, you know, talking on a giant cell phone. We're not, you know, (laughs) we can't afford a house. We like There are a lot of things that are just fiscally not realistic for us because of the world that we live in and like you said like inflation has gone up so much housing has gone up so much cost of living has gone up so much but wages have been no, so they stagnant haven't moved at all yeah and i think what like is so heartbreaking about all of this is 
in the past, you would mm-hmm. think, oh, yeah, like, I would have money, I would have profit in yeah. my bank account. Right. And nowadays, I'm looking at my bank account being like, do I have, if I sustain this amount of cash right. and I slowly pay off my credit card. Right. Like, do I have enough cash to like live for now or right. do I give it all? And so it's not so much about like, yes, having the cash or right. if that defines your success. Right. But more so about just getting by with enough to live a decent life. Yeah. And okay. Can I ask you this? Cause yeah. our parents are immigrants mm-hmm. and we're known, I guess, as Chinese people to kind of be like frugal and low key, good with money. So do you feel a certain amount of shame because you're Chinese and like Chinese Taiwanese and you're not on top of your finances like that? Expand more, please, Priscilla. <laughs> please share more. Yeah, no, I, I feel because I feel a certain amount of shame Yeah, in terms of like, I'm supposed to be good at money, like, because that's the stereotype of my people yes so if i'm falling behind on that i must be the only one is is easily the feeling totally it's like it's like the stereotype of every asian is good at math yes it's sort of like bestowed upon us exactly just by being born into this but here's the thing i think obviously our parents came to this country and money was different society was different but also like a lot of asian families i know they still hide like hundred dollar bills around the house but Actually, that's not the best way to mm-hmm. save money yeah. because you're not letting your money make more money. You exactly. know what I'm saying? So yeah. we learned actually a lot of these hoarding habits with money, um, a lot of anxiety around money, a lot of fear of like not enough money being around. So we actually picked up these habits that maybe worked at the time because of what was available to mm-hmm. our families and mm-hmm. to our parents. Mm-hmm. But that's not what it is anymore. Exactly. And so, but none of us, nobody talks to you about this. You have to like figure it out on your own. I know. I'm just like, no one. No one taught you finance. Right. I remember my parents are like, no one taught us finance. So I hope that you learn finance. And I'm like, cool, where? Cool, where? But you, to be fair, you were the first person that put me in touch with a financial advisor to put some of my my money into savings. Right. You were the first person to do that. Yes, because I felt like... (laughs) I feel like even though I was Delulu in my 20s, there was a part of me being like, if I'm choosing not to go to a standard nine to five... Yeah. I have to look out for future me in some way. And I think the same for you because you agreed to like take the meeting with yeah. Lorraine, right? Mm-hmm. And like at least explore that. And now I have like a good amount of cash in that. Right. Right. And then, but I don't think about it. Right. right. So again, it's good. sort of this thing of like putting our eggs in many different baskets and being putting the blinders on. Yeah. But I think it's also good because we really need to focus like, and also restrain ourselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because that is what the climate sort of requires us to be. Right. So going back to like the urges thing, Ja was saying how you spend money or how you stop yourself from spending so much money is to get in control of your urges. You know, we both talk about how we will just suddenly rampantly spend on our credit card with reckless abandon because we just like close our eyes and we're just like, fuck it. Walk me through, like, what typically happens in that scenario. <laughs> so, John and I went to Mexico this year. <laughs> Remember that, y'all? <laughs> yeah. And uh, we did something real stupid, okay? Uh, we decided to buy, like, a vacation timeshare thing <laughs> together, which inevitably locks us in this 
contract forever until mm-hmm. it's paid off, right? right? Um, and he's all, and we know we're not married. We don't know where our relationship is going to go, but we're bounded by this, <laughs> right? Together. But at the time, it felt like such a good deal right. because they gave me an offer and, you know, I'm, I'm one for like a good you negotiating. Bargain. You know, like I Sat- fucking love yeah. I like yep. to fucking negotiate the fuck out of there a deal. And if I feel like I made a good deal. Yeah. yeah. I would feel like I'm stupid if it I walk away from it. It hits those endorphins. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, for sure. It makes you feel powerful. superior. Yeah. It all makes of me it. feel powerful. And, <laughs> and lo and behold, uh-oh, uh-oh. you know, they, they were like, yeah, you'll get three getaways, four getaways. Honey, huh? what... Have I taken, have I had the time to take three to four getaways? Like, it's the end of the year. We've only taken that one trip, yeah, you know? That's it. Yeah. We're ready to take our trip and we still haven't because life just gets in the way. 100%. They are scammers because they know that they, no human being, nor normal human being, and would be able to do that. And you're just for the upkeep of the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fucking horrible. And like I talk about in my diaries too, it's like once you go on vacay, you forget how much money you spend while yeah, on vacay. Yeah, that is so smart. That is so smart. And well, I'm just it's like, so dumb. It's so, no, no, I mean, you're, it's so, smart of them and yeah, so, it's dumb so smart of, of us so, so dumb so dumb, so dumb of us, us. <laughs> we get bamboozled i know i always love looking at my credit card points and then be like oh my god I a can go to aruba <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i'm basically paying nothing to go to aruba i'm being rewarded to, to go to aruba oh yeah, yeah. You know, like <laughs> but it's so true it's like once you get there i'm like oh wait i'm not making any money right now yeah. you know because yeah. i'm on vacation there you go you're, so. yeah you're you're literally like as freelancers we are not making money when we go on vacation it's and girl logic yes girl logic <laughs> it's like if i use points to buy this and get a discount on hotels it i'm saving count. money <laughs> It doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's so man. scary because, like, I'm sure we're not the only Delulu girlies who spend their credit card points like this. We're Delulu, but also we punish ourselves we when do. we're in our Delulu stage because we're Capricorns. That's fair. Or at least we're very practical people. Let's just take Capricorns. We typically out of the are. Yeah, you and I like, love to live in reality. You know, Ex- except when you can add uni to a dish. <sighs> I will always. That's my problem. I will always remember Master Haas, like freaking raw marinated. We said fuck it, add the uni. Okay, I will be honest. That was real worth it, though. That was super. See that, but that's that was because we live in our pleasure, so it is always worth it. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, you're telling me that there could be a version of us Mm -hmm. that resisted the urge to get uni. Us? No, no way. <laughs> hold, on, hold on, hold on, real. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Walk we, me through. Okay, okay, okay. If we go back next time, okay, can we challenge ourselves? And <laughs> no, but okay, here's what I know. Growth, okay, like this is part of the financial diaries. But arc. this is our toxic trait. We will just wait longer before we go, so that we can go and we can get uni. That's us. But Wait, maybe we can try. But that pays. That basically balances out. It right? does balance out. Okay, so kind it's fine. of. Wait, if we don't have a credit card balance, <laughs> <laughs> if our credit card balance is fifteen thousand dollars, like mine was at the beginning of this journey, that's not a good move. That's not going to help at all. Can I ask you? I don't want to bring this down, but I just want to yeah. ask this question because. Yeah. You you got your you paid off like thousands of dollars yeah and it got to a low point you were feeling lower good about, yeah and then the universe throws this fridge thing at you yeah yeah and now you're like preparing yourself yeah like, so can I ask you what where your state of mind is right now like in terms of how to manage that like chaos <laughs> utter like yeah no I mean I think it's hard 
I love my husband, but we're, we're figuring it out when we're together. We're so happy. We want to celebrate. Yeah. We're like taking our nephews and nieces uh, to Universal Studios for their birthdays because, you know, and like Abe's worked so hard and like I've worked so hard since he's yes. been gone. Like we're both so exhausted and it sucks because as much as we've worked really hard, we still have credit card debt and, but we've paid some of it down and we don't want to get into the same cycle, but we need to take a break because otherwise like we're going to break down. You know what I mean? So I, I agree. feel like we're trying to balance. I agree with that too. And also, again, I don't mean to sound like a pessimist y'all. Yeah. I'm just trying to talk like a realist. Yeah. All right. In our current landscape of the housing market and all of yeah. that. So before you would have good credit to buy like cars and houses House. and all that stuff. Yeah. And there was this quote, I think I shared with y'all like a few weeks, maybe I didn't, I don't know. I don't remember what is time, <laughs> but it said that like millennials can't afford to buy. Yeah. And now Gen Z can't, can't afford to rent. To rent cannot afford to buy without the help from family or resources realistically in this generation then is it that bad to manage our horrible credit card debt i know i I know that's not the right answer you guys but i just want to be real because it's hard for me to pay off so much at one time apparently the more fiscally responsible thing to do is to get some sort of loan to pay off your debt and then you pay back the loan because the loan has a fixed fixed interest rate and a lower interest rate okay yeah so apparently that but it sounds scarier the the credit card gave me a loan and here's real talk and this is something i'm glad you bring up because i didn't talk about this in the in the diary but it's really important to note is that if abe and i were to buy a house it would 100 percent only be possible because of the support of family yep and i'm talking like that it's no i mean just to be completely transparent during our wedding and kind of our, you know, first few years of living together, they have prepared enough money, my side and his side, so that we could put down 20% on a condo. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, we haven't done it yet, and um, it's still scary because we can't afford the mortgage once, you know what I'm saying? Like, we can't afford a $4,000 mortgage. Holy, no way. $36,000. No way. Holy I can't shit, afford that. That's so expensive. Plus utilities and whatnot. Yeah, no. But it's like, even when you have support from family, it, you feel some shame about it. Like, we feel a little shameful about it. Like, I know for you, it's like, you, you, you could ask your parents for support. But what's that process been like for you? It's like, I think because... Our parents are boomers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and most millennials are, right? There's a big thing about being financially independent. And yeah. I get that. Mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. But you guys have, you are called boomers for a reason. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Economic yeah. boom, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this generation has really gone through a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, they're going to think what they think. Mm-hmm. And I've, Learn to really let a lot of that go, mm-hmm. you know, because they don't live in my reality. Mm-mm. And I will ask for help mm-hmm. when I need it mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they don't understand Mm-mm. that. And if they're willing to help, great. If not, fine. Yep. Right, 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 right. And, right. But you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like I wake up and grateful every single day. Yeah. You know? It's like I know I ended my, my diaries like that, but it's also true. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, what is money... I need to stop equating money with success. Like I just have to stop. I just have to stop because that 
that's not true. One thing I know that we talk about a lot prior to doing this series is like, how do other people do it? Yes. How do other people do how it? How do y'all y'alls do it? Yeah. And so we'd love to hear from our goatees. Truly send us a voice note to hello at twohornygoats.com. If you want to be anonymous, tell us that you want to be anonymous. We can make that happen. But like, I think that that's why we felt it was so important to share as truthfully as we could, because we have no idea how other people do it. And I'm sure other people have no idea how we do it. It could feel like a, like you're on an island. Yeah. You know, it's such a shameful thing to talk about. Yeah. And now we want to relinquish that shame. We want to relinquish that shame. And also we want to learn from each other too. Which I think we really did listening yeah. to each other. I, 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 I don't know anything more, but I think what we both wanted to do was separate ourselves from money being such an emotional center point mm-hmm. as much as we want to tie this episode up I with mean, a nice I, it's little so hard bow. because like i could talk about money forever clearly from yeah, my clearly. financial diaries no, i couldn't it, stop fucking talking about money because it's fascinating because once you like pop the top off you can't stop you know what i mean because imagine how much you've had bottled up within you all these so years. much so bitch. much so much and and again it's like we'd want to be able to tie this up with a nice little bow but we can't because we're in the thick of it we're figuring stuff out roxy's industry is bleeding like i'm going into a season where you know my husband's job is ending we're gonna have to figure things out we're trying to move back to la we have no idea what the fuck to expect anymore everything is so tough and and we're trying to stay positive and and, and manifest this and all that but it's like it's really bleak right now. We're not going to lie. But thank you for following us along on yeah. this crazy financial <laughs> diary series in which we didn't really go anywhere, but we <laughs> learned about ourselves. No, I felt like we did. I felt like I learned so much and I just feel less alone hearing about you. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, um, I think that there's a giant truck coming my way. It's about to slap me in the fucking face. Oh, my God. Throw me to the outer space. It's time for I am currently, as you all know, <laughs> I'm very allergic to mosquito bites. Same. If I get, we, we like, we get like, yeah, like we, we get like hives. crazy hives, yeah. swollen, hot to the touch, all of it. Yeah. I have discovered my, you know, holy grail. You know, I have the Japanese little, like little blue bottle thing. <gasps> That doesn't work for me. Oh. I have a rash cream. That doesn't work for me. I used to blow dry my mosquito bites. That honestly fucks up your skin, helps for a little bit, but creates pain. I have discovered the magic of Benadryl itch cream. Ooh. And it's basically the thing that you, like, you know, it's the same active ingredient that you take in your mouth, except that you're doing it as a topical treatment. What does it feel like? It feels like icy cool and uh-huh. it literally keeps you from having an allergic reaction. It just doesn't, it, it basically like stops inflammation in its yeah. tracks. Yeah. Stop. It stops oh, like I need to buy whatever it. saliva thing that's causing your reaction. It stops it. It's amazing. First of all, this breed of mosquitoes that's like infesting California right it's now. It's crazy. They are, apparently they're these really tiny black mosquitoes that bite below the knee yep. typically and they could breed in water as small as a bottle cap bottle cap and they could they'll go anywhere and like, you know what's cute what? they're from china um, yeah, why uh, do i feel like i'm like reliving something, something again but i we're talking about this because roxy took me to her favorite place in the world the tropics which is stunning beautiful magical and that day they happened to have a little swarmy swarm of mosquito <laughs> skates they they took care of the problem it's not there anymore yeah but we literally got bit like okay we sprayed ourselves head to toe yeah like twice and i missed my elbow area yeah and literally got bit like eight times on my elbow you were bitten eight times on just like this area oh no but guess what helped me 
Benadryl itching cream. Oh Stop gosh. itching cream. Oh it's gosh. amazing. And then I was attacked from like my waist oh down. Oh my God. <laughs> Literally, so all I was so over worried you. about, and I it was you little to, shorts on. It was like affecting my mood, like yeah. you know, because it was so. It's it's always so glorious at the tropics. By the way, if you want to go there, it's reservation only. Yeah, so make sure you call the shop. But like, I wanted to share this part of my life with Prisca because <laughs> I just love Amalia and Ryan so much, uh, and they're like such good friends and good neighbors, and they have this little piece of heaven, you yeah. know, in Los Angeles that's hidden from the world. And I was we were there for like maybe an hour, and I'm like, I gotta go, yeah. you know, like we just. I never thought she would want to leave the tropics. I would never want to leave. It's like my happy place. It was a little swarmy swarm. Yeah, and then Yaya was having the time of her life because apparently these mosquitoes don't bite dogs. They don't bite dogs. That's weird. I know. Uh, Okay, and so my second one, last night I went to Tonshin Ramen uh, on Larchmont. It's a newer ramen joint. They have like a full bar. Yesterday they were doing... They had a DJ who was spinning, who was amazing, and they were doing 300 bowls of ramen for free. What? Yeah. No so, wonder you went. I know. So I, Abe and I actually didn't have ramen because we were, came from a family thing, and so we, his mom fed us a lot of oxtails. So, but I had some of the broth. I had some of the, you know, I tried some of it. It was delicious. I really liked it. So was we got to go back. Tonkatsu? Fatty tonkatsu? Uh-huh. Silky fatty tonkatsu? Bingo. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And they were doing toki highballs for $8. Oh it my god! Awesome. So we got a little bit turned, turned. I fucking lie. love a good bowl of ramen. I mean, it's it's gonna be rainy season soon. We're gonna have to go. Yeah, rainy season without mosquitoes, please. Thank please, you very much. thank you very much. Like, I what, want like I want like a fall rain. I want like, a dry fall rain. rain if that I makes, need. Can we be dry already? I just want. Like, thank you. Like wet in our pussy, dry in our weather. Yeah, my pussy has not been wet. Maybe I need, I don't know. You know, when I'm not working, I'm not as You know what'll help? Benadryl? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) It'll make, yeah, it'll just make it icy cold and and stimulate something. Um, Fascinating, my love. What are your picks? Um, Well, I haven't really left my house. I have, okay, it's really funny because right now Priscilla has given me like an ice pack for my hands because I have injured myself. She has a crochet injury, y'all. Roxy literally has a crochet injury. I never thought I'd see the day, but here we are. <laughs> crochet until I am handicapped. She crocheted herself. <laughs> I crocheted. And it's real. I was like, this could be an it's Olympic. Swollen. It, it is swollen. I, my, my hands are swollen right now. But yeah, I am. Uh, I just really, ever since my whole like st- stuff plushy thing, yes. I started making like bags and hats and apparel and fashion i think we have a prodigy on our hands y'all Thank i don't you. know if you know this but like she literally started with like a wooble yeah and now it's like her entire <laughs> personality yeah. life like everything about it is crochet and i, <laughs> I love know, it i know i know and I'm, i i just think about like oh i could create you know it like opens up another part of my mind yes. and i got like kind of baffled by the whole thing that so much could be created from a tiny hook and some wow. yarn and you could create like giant pieces right like it's it's amazing it's like a painter paint and a canvas right um but i i just felt so humbled by it and how it's like really activating my imagination Mm. and my creativity and the possibilities and and getting you off your phone thank you right so i've just been crocheting like youtube patterns are free you know learning a lot of stuff and making my own you know just like designs and stuff like that so it's been very rewarding yeah um but also as a Capricorn, I'm, I can't just crochet. No. Like there's like, I think a stigma when, when it comes to like, oh, a hobbyist type sort sure. of pursuit that it's a hobby. It's like, <laughs> you know, my mom, love you, mom. But she's like, 
right? Like you're wow. you're just so bored that you don't have anything to do, so you're picking that up. Wow, right? just that's parental love right there. And I had to counter. I'm like, any thing you enjoy doing is time worth well it. spent. Yes. yes, I'm like, it's if you enjoy doing it, then then you're not wasting your time. Agreed. But of course, that gets in my head. So I've been listening to podcasts and audiobooks at the same time oh, to feel as if I'm reading, you're stimulating. Yeah, 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 as if you're reading or as if you're listening. So I've just been listening to spend a minute with NPR. Just Ooh, like, nice. of course, anything that has to do with you know a little pocket of um, just knowledge I could dive into, you right. know, or like any sort of conversations with experts. You're and feeding your brain. I'm feeding my brain while keeping my hands they busy. Go. They you know? go. Thank you. You're- Anyways, I don't really have a lot of interesting things happening right now, but I, I, true. all I talk about is crochet. Yeah, that's fascinating. Thank you. Remember when all you talked about was plants and now you have plants and crochet. <laughs> Fuck. Look at I'm you. My grandma. <laughs> You're literally a Taiwanese grandma. We're just talking about millennials skipping the midlife crisis and just going Who into granny it? hobbies. Let's just retire. <laughs> Thank you. I'm ready. I've been ready to retire since I got laid off in 2016. Exactly. I, like that's the first taste I had of retirement, and it was amazing. They, oh my god. Anyways, to close off this epi, yeah, Prisca, what a fucking wild ride. What I love a you. Fucking wild ride. I love you. You're I love my you so much. Person. You're my favorite person too. Go to you. Stay tuned for next week's episode which will be our season four finale (laughs) how did we get here i don't know but i just feel honored to be here i feel so honored to be here too and honestly like i think that we were just thinking about when we did our season one finale and it just felt the world was so different. It was 2020. That was when Biden just got elected. Yes. And we just found out. Yes. Uh, literally, we hadn't slept in three days because we were up watching the voting results. Exactly. We were like Delulu for real, real. Like we yeah. were actually delusional. You were still, you and Abe were still in that Los, Los Feliz yeah. apartment. A lot has changed. And so we're going to go over what has changed, how we've changed just through this season, what the future of 200 Goats might look like, and uh, have a horny week. Our lovely goatees. And remember, stay horny. heard in today's episode is by our very good friend Shin Kawasaki. Shin is an incredible musician and songwriter. This is his song, Inner Sad Girl. You can listen to all his incredible work on Apple Music and Spotify. Enjoy. My inner sad girl, I can't blame you for your fallacy, your melancholy, tremedy, naivety and gullibility. You're an innocent girl I can't shame you For your self-pity My worst enemy And refugee The village that raised me I can't listen to you No more Same old tales from years ago Spending hours On that moldy chair Taping reruns of ancient shows In a sad girl Selling you modernity, but it feels like it's been eternity since we had that sense of sanity. Couldn't be what I want you to be. Me 
neither could it be what you want And it hurts to face the mirror That's what both of us know And I know you will never be free Cause I can never give you what you want And you gave me everything you had I couldn't bear my likely absence when you go When you go home 